Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm your host, Joe Meyer. Thank you for being here with me today. Uh, you know, I know I keep saying this, and I've said it time and time again, um, but it's been a minute. It's been a few weeks. It almost looks like it's been almost a month, actually. Um, and I'm sorry about that, you know. Um, things have been busy in the month of October. Right, um, a lot going on, in a sense, and I'll go over that with you guys and uh, let you know how's it, how's everything going. Um, but to start off, let, let's start off with our theme here. I actually have two new songs. Um, one of them is a new artist that I haven't played before. It's uh, Papa Roach, right? And this song's from the two thousands or late nineties, but it's I hear it constantly. You know, I hear it constantly, and um, because I listen to the Sirius XM Turbo, you know, music from eight, it's from the '90s and 2000s, um, and um, so I'm I'm been listening to that. I, I've always loved that music, um, hard rock, new metal, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, this one, kind of, um, you know, I always like to talk about what the songs mean. So let me. Um, let me pull it up here, and we'll see. I'll, I'll go over it after. Get, let you guys um, listen to it first. You've probably heard it before, but I certainly think you guys should hear it again. My life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation. This song, what is this song about? Yeah, I never knew this until I looked this up today. But, you know, it's it's about suicide, right? And, um, and it talks about um, the lyrics. Um, now, they're not about the lead singer, right? Um, Jacoby, I think his name is. Um, it's about... From what I can read, it's about a friend um, that his friend attempted suicide, and he was put in a mental facility and eventually came out better, becoming a better man, a family man, and it's just, why didn't I, like, why didn't I... He, you know, hearing this song since the early 2000s, 
I never even know the meaning behind it, right? And then that's it's. I like to find significance behind the meaning of songs, right? Um, because artists typically like writers and write stuff that goes on in their life, especially songs, right? Now, when when people listen to these songs, sometimes they're like, "Ah, oh, it's just another heavy metal song. It's just they It's just a bunch of." garbage uh, music and and you know what it's farthest from the truth right um and so it's just amazing what this song is and um and i i always like to look at the lyrics right and see what what the lyrics are you know so you guys can can listen to them and let's take a look here So, obviously, cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation. No breathing. Don't give up if I cut my arm bleeding. This is my last resort. Would it be wrong? Would it be right if I took my life tonight? Chances are I might. Mutilation out of sight and I am contemplating suicide. Because I'm losing my sight, losing my mind. Wish somebody would tell me I'm fine. Losing my sight, losing my mind. Wish somebody would tell me I'm fine, right? And, you know, this this kind of is, is a moment where recently, um, just as of yesterday, right? And some of you may, may not know this, right? Um, but... Uh, Aaron Carter, which is the brother of Nick Carter of Backstreet Boys, right, um, died yesterday, right, and it's it's incredibly sad, you know. Now I don't know Nick Carter. I don't know these people. Obviously, they're musicians. They're famous. Uh, even Aaron Carter, on his own right, he had his own fame, right. Um, but how how can you compare? You know, um, how can you live up to Nick Carter, right? The Backstreet Boy, right? The incredible artist, right? Well, his brother, you know, some of you may feel like, oh, well, how, how can you, how can you blame, you know, how can you put blame on his brother, Nick Carter? It's not his fault. He was struggling. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it was Nick Carter's fault. Right now, I'm not saying that Aaron Carter was without his, so to speak, demons, and didn't fight for life. Um, it, he, I'm sure he struggled like any other person, but living up to that, to him, to to a brother that was constantly in in the media, constantly his 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 career never really died, even today, right? The Backstreet Boys are bigger than ever, in a sense. I, I know you. Some of you may like. I don't listen to them. Well, I don't either. But when I was in late '90s, early 2000s, I listened to them constantly. I, I like their music. Don't get me wrong, right? Um, but um, it's sad. Now, Aaron Carter, he dealt with his, you know, demons in the sense of depression, manic depression. Uh, drug abuse, uh, I don't know, alcoholism, I don't know. He went to rehab. Um, he just had a baby last year in November. So not even a, well, a year, a year old, right? A year old, right? And, um, you know, it, it's sad, you know, um, because he um, he died in as a form of drowning in his bathtub, right? Um so, suspected, you know, uh, his, I think his uh, baby was born on November 22nd, right? So, not even a year yet. But um, his baby was Prince Lyric Carter, I think. Lyric Carter. Lyric, sorry. Um, probably for lyrics, right? And um, so sad, right? I, I, You know, he lived in Lancaster. Uh, I don't know why I find these things interesting in a sense about looking into his life, 
Although I'm not, I, I, it's not that I'm not a fan. I just never really listened to his music. Um, I think his net worth was around 400000 Not bad. Should have been a lot more, in all honesty. I think he, he, he had millions, but it, either he squandered it or early in his youth, his parents used it or did mismanaged his money, which is incredibly sad, right? So looking at his life, you know, um, he, he seems like he really struggled. I mean, unfortunately, he, he got to a point where probably the, Hollywood wasn't calling. You know, nobody wanted to listen to his music or ask for his music. And it, he probably wasn't making very much. You know, I don't know. He did have some reality shows, apparently. Um, like, I think, Dancing with the Stars or something. But, but again, it, it, that doesn't always pay the bills, right? doesn't always pay the bills. So it's quite sad, right? Um, but w- thinking of that, I don't know if he, and I'm, I don't know if it was suicide, drug addiction, drug abuse, he, he, you know, whatever. Hopefully in, in the months or this year or months, we'll find out exactly what happened. If he left a note, if what happened, um, hopefully he... You know, he did have a home he was trying to sell, which was, I think it's in worth about 799000 you know. Hopefully they sell that home, and so I'm sure somebody will buy it now, right? Um, and hopefully that money, at least some of it, if he didn't, if he owed money on it, then, you know, pay off the house. But if he didn't owe any money off it, that money will go to his, his fiance and his, his, his son, right? And I think about this because... I think about suicide a lot. Now, many of you may be aware that I struggled with my own depression in my 20s, right? He was, Aaron Carter was 34 years old. I had my struggles when I was probably around 27. And obviously I don't have the fame and and everything that he had, right? Um, But I struggled because a lot of the things I suffered through throughout my childhood came up and bubbled up throughout my life. And I really tried. And even today, I try. I'm 42 years old, going to be 43 in December. And what have I accomplished in this life, really? What? I don't, you know, and please, I'm not talking about my wife, my daughter, of course, those are incredible gifts and blessings in my life. I'm talking about career-wise, money. And some of you may, well, there's more to life than money, right? Yes, there is. And no, there isn't. Because we're constantly being thrown into this world that if you don't have money, you're nothing. If you don't have career success like Elon or Bezos or other successful business people in life, then you are nothing. You are nothing here. Okay. Now, everyone's a little different. Some of you may not have these feelings. Some of you are in positions where you feel like you're really helping people. And I'm sure you do. Like I can imagine somebody who maybe is in the medical field, like a nurse or a doctor or Uh, Any one of those people who know they're really making a difference in some small way. You know what I do, folks? I work in software. All right. I'm not I'm not putting it down. I'm not saying that I'm not happy with my role. I'm not saying that it it took a lot of time and efforts to get to where I'm at today. And I had to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing to get where I am today. Uh, Nothing was given to me, folks nothing even today it it sometimes feels like it's slipping away folks slipping away right and i don't know if it's going to slip away one day you know um you know oh interesting i was just reading something when aaron named his baby it was a nod to MJ, Michael Jackson, because Aaron and MJ were very close. And he also considered him a friend and a mentor. And he used to call him the Prince of Pop. So there you go. <laughs> so just a good tidbit. But anyways, um, I, I, I don't 
I can't successfully say if there's going to be a time if I'm ever going to try again. Now, I'm not trying to scare people or say uh, sound un, uh, unstable or anything like that. These are the feelings that go through my mind, right? This is how I feel at times, right? It really is. This is how I feel, right? Are these feelings things that I am happy to, to, to feel about? No. You know why? Because if I was by myself, I'd probably be dead by now. I, I'm, I'm being honest. If I didn't have a wife and a daughter keeping me going, I would probably have offed myself a long time ago. Because although I have a sister and a dad, which I love, don't get me wrong, they have their own lives, right? They have their own lives. And even in this life, I, I other than my wife and my daughter and my, my um, you know, my sister and dad and brother-in-law, they're literally the only ones I feel that really give a damn, right? But there are times where people suffer so much internally and, and there's only so much family can do for people. There's only so much encouragement and that somebody can give you when it's just too much, right? Too much, right? And you've seen artists. Now, I can't compare myself to an artist like a musician who killed themselves, like, you know, the, the, the lead singer of um, Linkin Park, Chester. I mean, the guy was probably worth millions. He had a nice life. I, I But he probably struggled for whatever reason. He, he, had, he had everything that one would imagine that would be so nice to have a mansion. Has, you know, don't get me wrong. He had a beautiful family from what I've seen. He had fame. He had it all. Right. The other one was, um, which I, I, they say he didn't kill himself, but uh, uh, Chris Cornell, right? Another one. He, huge, right? What, why, is, why is this happening in this world today, right? Why do people just kill themselves? Well, because they come to figure that this life has no meaning in a sense, right? And you may say, well, my life has meaning because I have a wife, I have a daughter, I have a family who love me. And yes, those people are important. But at the end of the day, you're the one living your life. You're the one trying to get through it. You're the one trying to comprehend the meaning of your own life. And when you feel your own life has no meaning... What's the point? What is the point of living anymore? Is it to stay around for people? I don't think that's a valid reason to stick around. I'm sorry. Sticking around for mom, dad, brothers, sisters, people is not is is like you're torturing yourself in a way. Because you're you're doing it for them. You're not doing it for for yourself. Um, suicide may come off as being very selfish, and I, I, I can get that. I understand, like, well, you, you didn't think of yourself. Well, oftentimes people kill themselves because they are thinking of themselves because they don't want to deal with the pain anymore. They don't want to suffer anymore. They don't, They and some of them have very long lives ahead of them. Maybe healthy, long lives, and some will say, well, that's great. There's lots of people that would love to have a healthy life and not die early in life and, and 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 experience life but these people that do it they don't see that no they don't sometimes i was one of them and sometimes i, I question that i question the fact that honestly i feel like people would be better without me around here that they, they that they would live better lives without the worry of me being around now i'm not saying i'm gonna do anything so don't worry right but i certainly think about if it was me or my family who would i rather harm myself leaving my family away alone now there are those crazies that kill themselves and they also kill their family and and whole family members their wife their daughters their sons and a murder-suicide type of thing. I obviously would never do that. But that is, those are horrible examples 
of people who do that is selfish, right? Killing your family and then killing yourself. Why? I can never understand people who do that. Just kill yourself. Why? Why have to kill a a baby, a a, a child, a, a son, a daughter, a wife, a husband? Why? Why? It doesn't make sense to me when people do that. You know, um, all I could think is that that you know there is evil in the world. There are things that force people to do those things, and um, that kind of put that thought in your head right now depending on where you live now i've watched um the dead files right um and um amy has been in many houses that were that had demonic entities in those houses right and oftentimes amy had even told families like you need to get out because this entity is is actually trying to persuade you to one day kill yourself or kill your family and, and, and enter your body and possess you so you could do those things on their behalf. And I fully believe that that could happen, right? Fully believe that that could happen, right? Right? And... I believe when I was living in my father's old house, which is house of Satan or whatever, I don't even know what you want to call it. There was an evil entity there that was that evil entity attempted to take my life now because I don't even remember wanting to do that. I don't remember being that depressed where I was just wanting to say I'm done. But there were moments on that faithful day of February 7th, 2007 that I try to end my life. Um, I remember that day like yesterday. Maybe I should try to forget it, but it's hard not to remember, right? Um, sister was, saved me. Uh, it was pretty traumatic for her. I, I honestly don't remember because I blacked out because I was trying to hang myself. And I do remember the ambulance and being taken to the hospital and all that. And then the after effects of what happened, meaning try to pick up the, my life after that. I didn't try again um, because I saw how much hurt it affected my sister, my dad. Well, I don't even know. Not to say my dad didn't care, but I don't know if it affected him too much. It did affect my mom. My grandfather, no, he could care less if I tried to kill myself. The man had no soul, right? The man had no soul, right? Um, but, you know, I've struggled and many people have, right? Many people have today and they continue to struggle to get through life, right? And it's painful. And suicide is still a, a major thing that's happening today. But I think people need to try to understand suicide a little bit better, okay? Understand um, that these people that do this are so much in pain. This is what they feel their choices are. And oftentimes, those people who do this are reaching out to other people. It's never like, well, I, I'm not going to try to reach out to people to try to get some, some relief from the feelings I'm having. Oftentimes, they do. But you know what? They're ignored. Even in work, okay? Because no one wants to hear that you're going through depression. No one wants to hear that you're struggling. No one wants to deal with it. You know why? Because they could care less. People don't want you to bring your problems to work. People don't want you to feel that you can't handle things sometimes. People want you to be firing all pistons at all times, meaning... They want you to work, do your job, be productive, make money for the company, and that's what you're paid to do. So shut up and do it. Who cares about how you're feeling? Who cares if you're depressed? Who cares if you're on medication? Who cares? That's that's companies today, right? Now, you may say, no, that's not my company. Uh, it's most companies. Companies care about profitability. Let's get that straight. They could care less if you're gone. 
because that will replace you tomorrow. If you die, you kill yourself. You die in a fiery accident. They'll just hire somebody next week. Who cares, right? You're just a, a memory. And after that, you're not even that. Because it's like death, right? People f often forget about those who died. You know, the people that we are so shocked today, like, oh my God, Aaron Carter passed away. Well, yeah, probably in a few months or a year from now, people aren't even going to remember who he is, right? People aren't going to care. People are going to uh, bring up their memory of how important or special they are. No. Same goes for you and I, right? The only people that remember and live in that is our family. The people who love us. Now, I truly believe there are people out there who are truly alone, who suffer, who really do suffer being alone. And I was one of those people because I struggled to find companionship with people, women, obviously. Um, I didn't want, I didn't care about sex. I cared about companionship, somebody to spend time with me, talk to me. And the thing about it is, is those years were difficult because I was so blind to when people were trying to show me attention. I didn't see it, especially in college when there were women trying to show me attention and I kind of not blew them off, but I really didn't pursue them, right? One of those people that I think about is, you know, her name is Liz. She's a close friend back in college. I don't talk to her very much, but she is going through some health struggles, major ones actually, and she just recently had surgery. And uh, she was a college friend, and uh, I cared about her, and she cared about me, but that was the end of it. She pursued me in a way, and I stupidly blew her off, right? And I regret that. Because I didn't even give her a chance. See, that's the thing about me. That's what I was going through. I was looking for companionship, but I was rejecting companionship from people who were really trying to give it to me. And who knows what my life could have been like if I had given her a chance, right? Maybe we could have been in a relationship. Maybe we could have gotten married. Maybe we could have had kids. Who knows? But, but I think about her in a sense that if that was me with her today... I would be going through those hardships with her right now, those health hardships, right? And I pray for her. I really do. She she's, has a good heart. She really does. She's a good person. And it, it, it brings one's reality into place when you look at somebody you've known. And I've known her since 2000, so over 20 years, right? And... Um, I've known her when we were we were both in college, DeVry University. Um, we we had classes together. I believe I remember if we had classes. Yeah, I, I believe we had classes together. She was also the receptionist, and I was a receptionist at the college at the time, as a you know college job. Um, and she's very kind to me always. She I, I don't even think she's ever been rude or mean or dis kind to me. I've I've always been lost in a way during those times especially right and um there were other women there like there was a, a girl named rachel um who i met in, in the same school and um and she showed me attention we'd go to lunch and hang out and there were times where you know there was one time where she asked me hey joseph what are you and we were i remember this day it was an evening and we were eating dinner at um norm's um, and she asked me, what, what do you feel about, like, how do you feel? And I'm like, I didn't say anything. I didn't know how to answer that. I should have said, you know what, I, I, I actually care about you. You know, maybe we could have been in a relationship too. Who knows, right? Who knows? Um, again, another one. And then about a week later, she stopped talking to me, really. And she actually started dating the librarian he was there full-time he was actually an employee there and then i later down the line they actually got married and he became he, he became a lawyer and he, i think he he she knew that 
And I knew that because we used to talk to him uh, when we were in the library. And he was very nice. His name was Spencer. And uh, they live in, I think they live in Northern California now. But um, that was one of them. Other ones, uh, another worker, I forget her name, obviously. I, I honestly do. She was a blonde. Um, we went to the movies. One of my fondest memories, I don't know why, but we went to um, see The Grinch, the Grinch movie in 2000 with Jim Carrey. And it was in the Irvine Spectrum. And then um, we took a picture, and I have that picture. And I had um, short bleach blonde hair at that time because I used to dye my hair all the time. Blonde and different colors, right? Um, and she was very nice, but I don't remember her name. I do remember I visited her home once, right? And um, she gave me weed, and I didn't like it. It was, ugh, I felt sick after that. Uh, marijuana, and that's why I I hated it. I didn't like it. I I've never smoked it since, and I don't plan to. I hate the smell of marijuana. I really do, right? Um, you know, but these are people. There's and then in between those people, me trying to find companionship, I would go look, searching online, like the Yahoo personals, and um, look for women and. I would even try these, um, they were like a hotline in a sense where you leave your name, your number, you're interested, who you are, and people would call it interested to say, oh yeah, they want to meet you, um, and I would do that too, but oftentimes I was always alone, most cases, and it was very lonely. Part of the reason I feel that most did not take interest in me is because of my weight. I was overweight. Um, and the thing about it is I didn't see it back then. I didn't see weight as a problem for me. Um, but it really thinking back now, it really wasn't an issue for me because women didn't want a fat ass. And I'm sorry. I know that's very derogatory towards fat people and I'm still fat. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not a buck 50 or anything. I, I have meat on me, but I'm not as gordito as I once was which um but um it really being fat is a curse and I know some people don't see it that way some people are happy with their body and they're like I love my body and um you know and I'm happy with who I am and I love myself and and that's great for them I don't know how much you could love yourself when you're Three or four times the person that you should be physically, right? Um, but to each their own, right? Um, I'm actually watching a, a new show that I always heard about over the years of how fantastic it is. And I, I, I can wholeheartedly agree that it is a good show, which is This Is Us, right? And uh, uh, it was on, I think it was on NBC before, but it, it, it the, the series ended. And now I'm watching it binge watching it, seeing what it's like. Uh, but it's a, it's a fairly good emotional drama, right? So I like that. Um, but other than that, you know, let me um, let me play my next song here. Now this one's by Linkin Park, right? And this is part of their original album. It's from 2000s. You probably heard it before. So let me play it, and uh, we'll talk about it. Stay on. 
This one's called Crawling by Linkin Park. Rest in peace, Chester, right? Actually, Chester, from what I've read, and I, you know, he's, he dealt with some substance abuse, right? And, um, Chester Benfield, Bennington, Bennington, excuse me. I don't know why they say it, but he struggled, right? And, um, just, just about those struggles, right? Um, it was in, uh, March 2001, right? The other one was in 2000s. The, the, the 2000s were an incredibly important time in my life in a sense, right? I was only 20, 22, trying to figure things out, trying to discover who I was, trying to find meaning in my life trying to find that special person. But at the same time, I was very weak. And this was a very hard time for me, right? And one thing I like about Linkin Park is, especially in the writing of the lyrics and Chester, he put a lot of his feelings and thoughts into what he was going through in those times, right? Just like my writing, you know? Just like this podcast, I put my feelings into it, literally, right? And things that I struggle with, right? Things that I struggle with. Because I, I one thing is for sure, I certainly don't want, you know, my daughter to, to go through these things one day, to have these sense of feelings. Um, I want her to know me, listen to me, right? Right? To know that she's not alone, right? Yeah. It's hard, right? Certainly difficult. But I, 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 I try to think about the things I struggle with in my life. One of them is career-wise. Not that I'm doing bad or horrible, but I never really know how, where I'm at, where I stand with the company. We live in a world where there is no job security. Job security in this world is dead, people. It's dead. Companies have all the power in a sense, right? 
That is why it's so important that people are trying to take back the power um, in their careers. Take control of, of that. And I agree, people need to start. People need to not rely on companies so often because they are, they, companies do not have your best interests. They do not. They could care less. You're there to make them profit. You're there to make them money. You're there to make them better. Okay? And they, as long as you're doing that, that's what they're going to be happy about. But when you stop or we can, can't provide what they want, you're gone. You're gone. Right? And that's what we have to remember. That's what we have to change our perspective about, everybody. Change our thought process about how we view these companies. And you look at individuals like Musk, who is the richest man on earth, right? He could care less about you and I. I mean, I don't work for him. But those people at Twitter gutting the company like that, Oh, but he had, he had to make a hard choice. No, he didn't. All right? It's amazing that how the world's richest man could care less about you. He does. He just cares about himself. Right? So when are people going to learn? When are people going to learn to stop giving a damn about what companies want. Live for yourself, don't live for the company. Because at the end of the day, they'll just cut you. Now, I'm not gonna say that's everybody. There are people that don't have to fear for their jobs because companies will see value in them. I think a lot of it's racial, I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, privileged people, right? I truly do believe, I'm sorry to say, that people of color, whether it's black, whether it's Latinos, um, are at a disadvantage in the United States and maybe even the world. Because, you know what, I'm sorry, but there is a such thing as called white privilege, right? Now, you may say, well, uh, I worked hard to get where I need to go. It's not my fault that you didn't get where you wanted to go. Okay, that's not my fault. No, it's not your fault, but you certainly took advantage of the fact that you being white. And did you play it, pay it forward? Did you try to help those uh, people who were uh, people of color? No, maybe you didn't. Maybe you actually made it worse. Maybe you encouraged hiring your, you know, you know, fairly skinned co-workers and colleagues because you just wanted to help them because you feel they have more value based on the color of their skin. And that's the problem in this country, folks, that people really truly believe that because people have a lighter skin tone, a darker skin tone, that they're worth less. And there are people that believe that they are. They are worth less. They're, they're not. They're not worth less. And I see it every day. I see it in myself. I see it even in my wife, who's Salvadorian, okay? Where people treat her like a second-class citizen. And yes, she, she speaks up for herself. Yes, she works to defend herself, but she's often told to shut up. Be quiet. Nobody wants to hear you, right? Yeah. But oftentimes in my career, I've seen my white counterparts get the promotion, get the good positions, be respected, their thoughts, their opinions valued. But when I speak up, my opinions mean nothing. Nothing, folks. That's why people are angry. That's why people are angry because companies stand behind stating, well, we, we are an equal opportunity employer. We care about you. We care about what you say, what you think, and we value you. No, you do not. No, you do not. So stop saying that. Stop saying that, right? These are the things that are running through my mind. I don't, I, I, you know, 
I struggle with this every day. I struggle with feeling value in a company when I know deep down they could care less if I'm there or not. But I have a family to support. Same goes for me and my teaching. I don't know. It'd be nice if students felt like they cared, but I, I think they could care less. They could care less, right? So I asked myself, what's the point? What's the point to live in a life where people don't value you? And some would say, well, you know, you got to value yourself first. I do. I do. But I have to depend on others like many of us do. We have to depend on companies to, to value us and, and move us in the, in the right direction of career success, to, to help us make more money in life. You know, that's what, how it should be, right? Where companies should be willing and wanting to look into the person's value, right? And tell them so, right? And tell them so. But oftentimes that's not the case, right? Oftentimes people are just told what they do wrong what they don't like about them, right? That's the problem. That It's so easy for companies and people to tell each other what they don't like about them, but it's so hard to tell somebody what you do like about them, what they're good at, what makes them, in a sense, special, right? That's the problem today. And companies, all companies, I believe, in my own thought process, fail, fail, right? Let's see here, folks. I am going to read a devotional from Strength for Today from David Jeremiah. It's from November 6th. From, it's entitled, From Childhood. I thank you and praise you, O Lord of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and insight and might. Daniel 2.23 Chloe Newman was born with, without a limb, and for years she received medical care from a hospital in Massachusetts. At 18, she donated more than four hundred Barbie dolls with prosthetic legs with oh four hundred Barbie dolls with prosthetic legs to the hospital. I think the patients would feel better about themselves because of her disability. She became she she's become a blessing to many others. It's painful to see children suffer. Of all the experiences in life we rightly feel that childhood trauma is more unfair. Even yet even then the mercy of God can guide and provide. The prophet David, Daniel, excuse me, was a youth when he seized by the Babylonian soldiers, ripped from home, and placed in the service of a pagan despot. But by God's grace and mercy, Daniel maintained his resolve to follow and obey the Lord, and look at how the Lord used him to bless others. When adversity comes early in life, we have to trust the other the one that holds our time, our times in his hands. If his eyes are on the sparrow, he will watch over us, our loved ones, and our little ones. And amen to that, right? You know what that means? It means that God's in control, folks. God is in control. God is in control of our lives. He's in control of uh, everything that's happening today, right? And we have to remember that. Now, Many of you out there may not be followers of Jesus, but look into the Bible, read the Bible, right? Right? See his words of wisdom, Jesus' words of wisdom, right? He is the person watching over us, right? Jesus loves you. There are people that love you. And there are people who don't love you. There are people who hate you. Maybe your employer hates you. you they may not say it directly to your face, but they show it to you. They show it to you because they push you aside. They ignore you. They don't show you respect, even though you bust your ass for that company and make them money. To remember that. Remember where your true worth is. First of all, it's in Jesus because he puts a great deal of great value in you and I. And you're important to him. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to be happy and prosperous in your life. But he doesn't want you following 
unnecessary or uh, things that have no value, like people. People have no value in a sense. Following an employer, following a company, following a way of life is not doesn't have value. Following idols has no value. Follow him. He's the true value, right? He's the true value. So, so getting into the end here. Keep fighting. Keep pushing forward in your life. Don't give up. Change your mindset. Be positive. Know that there's a brighter day tomorrow. Because there's many people out there that this is their last resort. There's people probably literally right now who are ending their life because they just they're done. They're done because you know what? Because somebody didn't show them kindness. Because there were people out there that they were trying to reach out to to talk to, and their hand was slapped away. Their heart was pushed away. I know this because I've been there. And there are many people still going through that today. Be kind to people. Respect people. Show civility towards people. Have an interest in people. Because you don't know that person's life. You don't know what they're going through. Thank you, everyone, for joining me on another Dust Talk with Joe Meyer once again. It's always a pleasure to be here. You guys have a blessed week. I look forward to speaking to you guys real soon. Thank you once again. God bless.